So welcome to another episode of EPMI Cast. Today we are joined by Chris Muley and Paul Pasuti. And so, uh, Chris, you're a returning guest. Why don't you kick yeah. it off with your introduction? Yeah, thanks, uh, Chris Muley. I'm a GVP of pre-sales for our EPM and edge supply chain logistics and planning business. Great. And Paul, how about you? Great. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, Paul Pasuti, I'm senior vice president responsible for our EPM and supply chain portfolio in North America. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for joining us. I'm Minnie Parikh, as you both know, and I run the business unit for EPMI, a centroid company. And so, uh, Chris, kicking things off with you, you were here with us yep. last year. Um, from one Oracle cloud world to the next, what's changed? Just to you know, continue that conversation. Yeah, last year we talked about the uncertainty of the market. We're starting to see Fed rates um, bounce a little bit. There's a lot of anxiety in capital. Um Everyone was wondering, should we tighten? Should we slow down? I think it's been an interesting year because we've seen everything we thought was coming in terms of rates, but the market hasn't slowed down or stopped. So I think CFOs were definitely um, anticipating a slowdown and started to tap the brakes a little, but we haven't seen the market cool off all that much, to be frank. So it's interesting that the uncertainty is probably the best word for it. Because even though things, you know, rates have gone up, inflation has gone up, we're still seeing people spend and, and kick off projects and, and do more work. Great. And so in terms of customer behavior, as well as Oracle's investment, what different trends are you seeing, right? So seeing that things haven't really cooled off and Oracle's still investing heavily, right, in this area, what have you seen in terms of Oracle's direction? Yeah, I mean, I think just to follow up on what Chris said as well, I mean, while it's not slowing down, I think CFOs, CIOs are, are being more judicious with the spend. They're they're prioritizing it in a different way. Some, you know, things are, projects are taking yeah. longer to kick off, but, you know, they want to make sure they get it right. So it, it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, from an, an Oracle perspective, I mean, we're really focusing and doubling down on industries. We want to make sure that we really understand the business process and the possibility to reinvent those processes within not only industries, but micro industries as well. So I, I think what you've seen over the past year is a real emphasis on us moving towards industry. And then mm -hmm. really, the probably the biggest transition and something we're really proud of is that we're uh, really transforming into a services company. Um, you know, when you're talking about cloud, it, it's continuous service, making sure you're getting the outcomes that the software has to work and add value every single day. Uh, you know, very different, I think, mindset from, yeah. you know, the on-premise uh, days. So Oracle in general is switching much more to, a, you know, a services company because, you know, we put the customer first for with everything we're doing. You guys partner, as you were saying, with the customer along the way. What are some of the examples in terms of how Oracle is investing in customer success along, you know, not like you said, not just after uh, during the sale, but afterwards? Throughout yeah, the well, I think, you know, a good example is, is our partnership with EPMI as well. I think we do a really good job of creating kind of a three-legged stool in, in the process between our customer delivery and, and, and us owning the solutions. I think it starts there. I mean, to me, I recommend too, any steering committee meeting has that kind of partnership with yeah. all three uh, talking all the time because that's, you know, lets us get ahead of anything that's going to be challenging and there will be challenges in, in every project. But, um, you know, we also are investing quite a lot in terms of customer success and, and making sure that we're giving customers access to to development, to customer success managers, to uh, our, our sales teams stay engaged and throughout the entirety uh, of the program uh, as well. Um, you know, implementation success yeah. and delivery confidence, you know, having our development resources look at the blueprint and, and kind of the project plan, you know, early on and before so that we can say, hey, we've done this thousands of times 
times. Let us give you some best practices or help you avoid any pitfalls. So. Yeah, as the as the you know the 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 legacy member of the Oracle staff here, right, twenty six <laughs> years, the Oracle has transformed in a massive way in the last couple of years, and we don't do a great job of advertising that. Um, and I'm not talking about the products or the solutions, but the the reorganizations we've gone through in the support business around customer success, yeah. the we have completely realigned how we try to support customers and how we give them CSMs and CSEs. And I think it's 97% of our customers, anyone who buys anything in the apps business now, 97% will have a customer success manager, whether that's, you know, offshore digital or that's one to three ratio for our biggest customers. Mm -hmm. That's a massive change for a company our size with the number of customers we have, right? Massive investment. And it's not just about giving them products anymore. It's saying, we're here with you through the life cycle. And that's mm-hmm. probably something we don't spend enough time really talking about because mm-hmm. I think our customers know us from the past and they're getting to know us now in the cloud. And, and I think one of the most affirming things I've heard in the last couple of years is we're a different company. company. And that's been really nice to hear because it's for the right reasons. Right. So it's good to see. And a lot of times these customers and, you know, y'all's backgrounds as well, and then maybe not yours, but you've dealt with different <laughs> technologies, right? Customers have an array of tools as well. Um, would you say that shift in being a service-oriented company is a differentiating factor? I'm sure there's plenty of others, but, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, it's really the, actually the reason I joined Oracle and wanted to be part of, of this, uh, this journey is that the transformation we're making, um, you know, from my perspective, you know, Oracle, we're, we're eight, nine years head start in true cloud uh, when we look at, at these applications and, and solutions. So, you know, the the rapid pace of innovation, our monthly re- release cycles, how quickly we're we're rolling out um, cool things like, like Gen AI and machine learning and other things and embedding those into the applications, you know, creating a single, um, you know, customer experience with our, our Redwood UI across the entirety uh, of the landscape. These, these are really exciting things. So, so to me, it, you know, the first was, you know, it, it's obvious and when you get in inside the walls, just how important this customer first mentality is. And, and that really drives everything that we're doing. I mean, the second is, is the move to industry and that focus on that, where we can really get to know our customer, what drives them, what, you know, what their peers are doing. And then, then third, just having that head start in the cloud is just an enormous advantage uh, of, of where we're going. Um, you know, and, and then overall, what I, what I also really like is across supply chain, EPM, uh, other parts of the portfolio, you know, we're, we're the only company to really offer a true enterprise integrated platform across these things. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're, we're recognized as best of breed and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, a leading provider in its own right. I mean, we're number one in Gartner Magic Quadrants across supply chain planning, WMS, GTM, EPM, um, you know, manufacturing industry, service-based industry. So getting that recognition at a solution level, but mm-hmm. then having the, the breadth of, and to be able to offer all of this in an enterprise fashion in the cloud, um, where others are, are kind of just, uh, you know, kind of putting a cloud wrapper on top of, of old software, uh, that there's, cause that's a huge advantage. Yeah. It's an interesting point. I think there are still in some industries that, that we serve really great industry solutions that are really bad technology, <laughs> really bad antiquated technology, but they will solve very specific industry use cases mm-hmm. and they've built a business. And I think what's exciting here is we're not looking for or at Oracle, we have a concept of and, right? We're, we want to be industry and we want to be best in class. And so it's not about a suite or 
a best in class component. It's about a suite and best in class components. And so it's a start anywhere architecture where I can start an EPM. I can start in logistics. I can start with financials. I can start with manufacturing. I can start with HR. I can start wherever I'd like. But as I progress down a roadmap and I start slotting components in, there's, you know, there's a, there's a synergy effect that happens when you start seeing all of these things come together and they're consistent relative to Redwood, they're consistent relative to the technology. And that's just in the applications business. When you start listening to what we're doing in OCI and our core technology work, what we're doing with generative, what we're doing with baseline uh, large language model for AI, Mm -hmm. and how that will just be inherited into all of our applications, that's where the force multiplier comes into play. And it's something I don't think we talk, again, something else we probably don't talk a lot about. But by owning all three tiers of the the SaaS stack, the PaaS stack, the IaaS stack, mm-hmm. we just inherit amazing security and amazing innovation that just comes along for the ride when the applications team pick those picks those things up. And so, it, it's just it, yeah, force multiplication is really the thing I think about when I look at what we're doing now. It's exciting. But I want to challenge you guys a little bit here. So to a customer who's really trying to get through the day to day, as we were yeah. talking about, right, day to day challenges. How do you help them make sense of how AI or machine learning is really practical? Um, you said it's embedded already, right? Yeah. So how do they really take advantage of that in, in FP&A and, you know, the Office of Supply Chain? What are some examples of that? Yeah, you're going to hear announcements from our finance leader, Rondi Ng. We'll talk about what we're doing around uh, core financials and EPM. So it's funny, we, we were talking to a customer about generative. It's everyone's, you know, everybody chat, you know, is it chat, chat GPT. Well, I'm using chat GPT. What is chat GPT? What is it's this? a new big data or people really know what it is. So when you're talking about any of these AI models or um, generative functions, you just have to put it into the language of the function. So we were showing some things to a customer and we said, hey, you have variances each quarter, each period. Yes, yes. Do you write explanations for what might have driven the variance? Yes, of course I do. How about you don't do that? How about I write it for you and you edit it? Those capabilities are built into our narrative capabilities. Like we are generating the text to explain where we've identified technologically in the platform where the variance originated. So you're taking more process time out. So as opposed to you hunting and packing and try to identify, we're trying to serve those variances up and serve up the explanation. And that's where AI and ML models will give Mm -hmm. you, you know, the indicator of what's changed. And then the generative can actually help explain it for you. So we're going to speed up. And I've heard Mark Seewald say a lot, you know, we spent 20 years ago speeding up data collection and rationalization. Now we're speeding up analytics. We're speeding up analysis. And that's exciting because now I can get to make those important decisions much more rapidly than I could five and 10 and 20 years ago. Yeah, and it's going to completely revolutionize things like search, right? I mean, you know, the way that you look for your information, I mean, back to the supply chain side, you know, the whole kind of question we all ask of where's my stuff, right? Where's my package? <laughs> right. Where's my container? Where's my mm-hmm. shipment? You know, being able to do that, you know, just by asking the, the system a question and, and getting all, all, of, all of that. And, and then not just understanding what that data is, but then how do you actually action that and make it uh, change your, your business? I mean, that's our, our kind of concept of a supply yeah. chain command center, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to not only take the data that you receive, I mean, visibility has been a hot topic in supply chain for the last three, four years. But, you know, it's great that you have that data. Okay, I know where my container is. It's on, on a ship in, in this part of the world and it's scheduled to get here. But, you know, if, if that deviates, what 
do you do about it? Mm-hmm. So our concept and what our what we're able to do across our portfolio is to say, okay, let's take that data and actually make it actionable and change your business with it. And then what's really exciting is um, how this works cross pillar, right? For instance, if you're creating a financial plan inside of, of an EPM mm-hmm. environment, um, you know those kind of supply chain drivers, your landed cost, your duties, taxes, and fees. These are are major uh, drivers of when you're building out a budget or building yeah. out, out your overall plan. So to be able to do that, create what if scenarios, model that, and then actually put those into action is just, it's a huge game changer. So what are the core business process components when you work with customers to really create this supply chain command center? Is it around bringing together supply chain planning, sales and op planning, demand planning? How do you decode this command center so it's digestible and, you know, a customer can bite a piece off, right, and start somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I think to, to Chris's point, it, it, every customer's on a bit of a different journey, right? Some mm-hmm. have different components here. Some are leveraging multiple technologies to do that. I think, you know, one thing that we obviously are trying to help customers with is the whole total cost of ownership. And I mean, if we think about what's changed from a year ago to now, I mean, there's a huge focus on profitability, not just, you know, your top line growth, right? We see a lot of uh, like the kind of the SPAC IPO market dried up a little bit. You know, companies are, um, you know, that were going that route are are now having to rethink some things. And, um, you know, it's just no longer acceptable just to have huge growth without a responsible P&L and look at your cost and profitability uh, picture of it. So so it it can be different for each customer Mm -hmm. of where they are. What we we try and look at, of course, is is based on the outcome they're trying to achieve. Where is the the best value and the right place to start? I mean, you know, sometimes it could be that there is a a, a big kind of boil the ocean approach, mm-hmm. but typically where we see most success is some type of phase. Uh, project where, you know, we're looking at the areas of probably either maybe it's exposure from a global trade compliance standpoint, maybe mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, struggling in the warehouse and might be struggling on, on your, your supply and demand planning, but we'll focus on the, the that area. But what's, what's nice uh, with the Oracle portfolio is, is that you, you then have that ability to go into any of those different areas at any point in time. Same with EPM. If you, right. you want to just start with forecasting and planning, but then mm-hmm. you want to do consolidations, it's right. there. Right? right. So you're you're not, um, you know, if I, everything I just mentioned, you would have to go look for 12, 14 different vendors to do each of those components. <laughs> and we all know what that does to your total cost of ownership, your management of an IT estate. Yeah. So CIOs, CFOs love our, our kind of integrated enterprise approach, but knowing that they can start wherever they want and, and get on the journey. And I think that's what we're hearing this week in a lot of the keynotes and, mm-hmm. and from some of, you know, from some of our biggest customers is, you know, we picked three and four and five and seven vendors. And we assembled that and boy, did that cost us a lot of money. <laughs> and they're starting to revisit that decisions that they made three, five, seven years ago. Um, and I think SaaS has made this easier. The barrier to entry and exit in cloud is so different. Mm-hmm. So different. When we sold something on premise, we probably, you were probably committed for 10 to 20 years. We see customers give it 18 to 24 months. And if it doesn't pan out the way they expected, they start to look at something else. And I think a lot of the, you know, we were going to talk a little bit about competition. So I'll I'll nose to that a touch. Mm -hmm. You know, the question I think most CIOs and CFOs and CISOs are looking at is, is the incremental perceived benefit of a feature capability, does it offset all of the lower cost and value of going to a suite that is complete. And I think they're starting to come back around to the suite is the suite wins. Larry always talks about the suite wins and the suite wins because it is lower cost. And if we can be the suite 
and be best in class. We think we're the best solution. Yeah, there's just no compromise. Right. I think what we have, I mean, like I said, we are truly best in class and at a solution level. We'll compete head to head with anybody at, on a single pillar pursuit. But but you say, OK, that's great. You can pick who you like for that one. But if you're ever going to do any of these other 20 things, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice to do on yeah. one common platform, right? Instead of having to go deal with other vendors. So. Yeah, we had, a, we had a meeting three hours ago and I love, I'm all about timeliness. <laughs> and so for f- fresh meetings always it, are insightful for me. And we have a customer who's or a prospect who's looking at a consolidation problem, mm-hmm. right? They've grown through acquisition and are owned by private equity and they need to get the consolidation, the reporting right to report to their, their PE owner. Um, they also have a transaction problem. They have two legacy ERPs and all of that speaks to having a roadmap, having a vision and understanding that every decision you make to start fits with the next decision you'll make. So if you start with consolidation and, you know, enterprise data management as a foundation, that's going to make your ERP deployment mm-hmm. simpler. That's going to make the next, you know, your procurement decision easier. You're going to start ahead as opposed to, as opposed to starting from scratch. And so these things just go faster at a lower cost. And I don't think anyone's here looking for higher cost and slower. Right. Right. So, <laughs> But there is an education that needs to happen. I mean, yeah. you were talking about, you know, walking the customer through those different options, yeah. educating them about what the offerings are. Um, you know, what do you tell customers who aren't able to make it to Cloud World and listen to the keynotes and have meetings yeah. with you guys? How can they continue to stay up to speed on what's, you know, innovating and how they can yeah. leverage it? Right. That is one of the best questions out there right now. I think <laughs> cloud is has, you know, it's changed things in such a fundamental way in mm-hmm. so many different places. The one place that I, continues to, I think, blow customers' minds is that <clears throat> what you bought and implemented changed before you went live. And <laughs> when yeah. you went live, we changed again and again and again. So adoption, how do you, mm-hmm. I, I talk about innovation adoption. How do you put a program around, organization around, people around the innovation adoption process, right? How are you continually looking at what's in that application and what is new and what did you get? Because it wasn't an upgrade or a tech cycle. It was just delivered yeah. in an update cycle. Mm-hmm. So did you look at that and innovate? I had a another prospect we talked to, actually, sorry, a customer whose existing use is underwhelming from their measure. And we spent time with them and looked at what they deployed and did an inventory of, here's what you deployed and here's what you didn't. Mm-hmm. And here are things that would help automate around predictive. And he's like, whoa, you know, what you're doing in predictive is amazing. And he said, by the way, that capability, you just bet me a nickel, you know, I wasn't using <laughs> yeah. is the foundation of our touchless forecasting fp mm-hmm. transformation. So it, it's so hard for customers to stay up to date and, and to stay looped in because we're moving so fast. So it's it's a it's a challenge. It's a great opportunity, but it's mm-hmm. an incredible challenge as well. Yeah, and I think for those who can't attend an event like this, or or we might not be in, in front of them, I think you know, the best thing for them to do is to be able to leverage community, right, yeah. and, and talk to other customers that have been on a similar journey, right. We can point them to seventy five hundred customers who have gone live <laughs> with EPM Cloud, right, for instance, right. and listen to those stories. So I mean, I, I think for us, um, the idea of community and and the idea of uh, you know kind of the to get togetherness of, of that uh, group is. is really mm-hmm. important, whether it's a special interest group or a user group or or a customer advisory group, 
these are great resources. Um, you know, and in fact, a lot of even just our basic help is moving towards crowdsourced type of, of you know, someone else went through this. Let's let's see what their perspective is. So I think it's it's kind of like how we operate in our daily lives, right? If mm-hmm. we want to try a new restaurant, we're probably going to ask someone else who's <laughs> right. who's been there, right? If, yeah. Or hey, you you just got a new car? Do you like it? What right. don't you like about it? What do you like? So so I think it's yeah. getting back to to that a, a little bit is is something that we're very supportive of, and and then certainly you know we're there to help customers if they want to do that. We'll take this cloud show on the road yeah. anytime. We have yeah. things called cloud adventure days that, mm-hmm. that we're trying to do. Um, we have in, incredible uh, user groups with EPMI as well that that you've been kind enough to host yeah. and run where we're we're bringing together you know the success of customers and telling their story in, in a very yeah. thoughtful way. So you know to me that that's that's a great way for customers to kind of get started and hear about the art of the possible out there, and then also look for things to to look out for, and then we'll be there to, to support them um, you know as, as they go. But it starts with listening, asking questions. What is the outcome you're trying to achieve? Too many companies go in thinking they. I got to buy this software. I got to do this. But I'm like, well, what, what do you really want? What are you trying to get to? What are your, your company goals? What are your personal goals? Mm-hmm. Right. Let us help you sort that out long before we talk solutions. I mean, you'll, you won't hear Chris and I mention a product name for a very long time when we're with a customer because we want to talk about them and what are they trying to achieve. Not, yeah. and, and maybe we have the solutions, maybe we don't. But that, that's our job is to really help them on, on that path. Yep. So, you know, thank you, by the way. You know, you guys have been very supportive of our user groups and you were just at an event in New York with us, right? Meeting some of our customers. So are you seeing the paradigm shifting, kind of taking it back full circle to the beginning around change management? Um, You know, maybe five years ago, there was a resistance to change. Cloud was new five, seven, you know, years ago and 2014 was when cloud planning first came out. Yeah. What are some of the, you know, shifts in mindset that you're seeing is pace of adoption faster? You know, how are they overcoming the challenge of adopting new technology? Mm. Um, is it a center of excellence? You know, is it, you know, just rethinking process? What What's helped them? Yeah, I think it's, it, it, and another great meeting yesterday where we had that conversation post-meeting. They, they, it was exactly the question. It's, you know, is this a COE? Is this a dedicated position? I think being engaged in the community, uh, whether mm-hmm. that's inside their own four walls or outside, mm-hmm. as we did in New York, um, amazing innovation and, and, and understanding can come in meetings like that because you can ask what you think is a really complex question. And a customer yeah. will be like, that, <laughs> we solved that three years ago. Here's how. And, and the light bulbs that pop yeah. when people are around, that's why the show is so exciting is when you get into this building and, you, and everyone's talking to one another. We stay out of the way. It's like, no, you know, don't talk to me. Go talk to, yeah, yeah. you know, talk to this customer, talk to them. They've already done it. Yeah. Um, the the sharing of information across the community will help people adopt. And I think the the concern nine years ago, how was it mm-hmm. nine years ago, but nine years ago, um, it was this is the new thing. And, and that's not what the cloud is anymore. There's nothing new about it. Like this is where we are. This is where the where the entire market has gone. And I think we're seeing the value in that and and customers. I don't think customers really ask us like they. No, not like, not like, so I think the mindset 
shift that has to happen and is happening is, is around, I'm going to buy software. I'm going to customize it for my business. I'm probably going to have to change a lot of it to get what I want because I'm special, right? So versus in cloud to know that when, when we push out innovation, it's going to thousands and thousands of customers. And the, you know, the idea that now we're on something standard that uh, a lot of the burden of the upkeep and the security and all that stuff is, is being handled, you know, by Oracle. And so they take, takes a lot of that concern off of their plate. Uh, and so they can focus on their business, which is what we want them to do. They shouldn't have to worry about all these different things and patches and keeping up customized. And now this is going end of life and I got to figure out a solution. Knowing that you're getting that latest release, if you want to take it and getting the innovation that comes with it, not on a yearly basis or a bi-yearly basis, but monthly mm-hmm. um, is is just truly a, you know, a whole kind of shift um, in terms of what cloud offers. And I think that's just our successful customers have adopted that mindset shift and saying, OK, you know, they're they're giving us a very good standardized solution and it's going to fit 90%, 95% of what I want. And, um, and, and, and that's been a, a big change. And I think to answer your question explicitly, the answer is yes. All of those <laughs> things are changing, above. right? <laughs> All it's process change and technology change and organizational structure change. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, it's happening in a lot of different places. Uh, the technology, the reality is the technology is the easy part. The software <laughs> yeah. is the easy part. The hard part is how do I set up my organizational model? How do I right. keep up? How do I keep innovation in things that maybe aren't that innovative, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, I just want to keep the lights on and keep things running. Okay, but we're going to continue giving you better things to do. And how do you stay up to date with that? The only so, thing constant is change. Is change. Right? That's right. a great way to wrap yeah, it. Yeah, so, that's a great, yeah. yeah, it's a great way to wrap <laughs> it. Nothing question. changes if nothing changes. Right? Right. So. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Great. Well, yeah. thank you both for joining us today yeah. for another episode. And um, it's an honor to have you all here together. And we look forward to the next one um, yeah. at Cloud World in 2024. Well, thank, thank you for you. having Thanks, us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is great. Great.